Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 35. Psalm 35. David shows us here the character of the righteous by his own life. In showing how he thought and behaved himself toward his enemies. It's a wonderful passage of scripture to remember because here David is in the Old Testament practicing what the son of David is going to teach us from Matthew chapter 5. Amen. We'll, we'll read through verse 17. Let's all stand together as we read Psalm 35 verses 1 through 17. Together. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler, and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear, and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee? which delivereth the poor from him that is too strong for him. Yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in mine adversity they rejoiced, and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me, and ceased not. With hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. Amen and amen. You may be seated. What a wonderful man. David was. He speaks in a couple of different ways here. There are two kinds of enemies in this psalm. Otherwise, we have a contradiction, don't we? We find in the first 
10 verses, David praying against his enemies and saying, when you defeat and crush them, I'll rejoice in the salvation you've given me and I'll rejoice in what you've done to them. That is at this point in time. At verse 11, he shifts back to a previous point in time. Are you all able to see that? He shifts back to when the enmity began to develop. He treated them very kindly, very forgiving, without revenge. It was only when it reached proportions affecting his worship of God and depriving his soul of the things that were needful for it that he prayed the first ten verses. Notice verse 11. False witnesses did rise up. The first ten verses are a present tense prayer. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive, present tense with me. The first ten verses are David praying in the present tense for deliverance from his enemies and for God to judge them. But verse 11, he backed up and said, here's how it all got started. False witnesses did rise up. Now that's not present tense, that's past tense. False witnesses did rise up. They laid, past tense, to my charge things that I knew not. I'd never heard of the stuff they were accusing me of. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. They hurt me deeply with what they did to me unjustifiably. Verse 13. How did he respond back then? As for me, when they were sick, past tense, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. What does that mean? Does that mean God didn't hear it, and so it went up and hit the ceiling and bounced back down into his bosom? Uh-uh, the opposite. He didn't, he didn't just pray once. He didn't just pray twice. Because he'd pray, and it would return right back into his insides, wanting to pray again for his enemies. He's showing the real character of Matthew chapter 5 of a prayer return, of the desire to pray returning. You know, it's easy to pray once for your enemies when you hear a sermon on praying for your enemies. But bosom that continues to think about praying for your enemies. David did. In my adversity, verse 14 is what we want next. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. These false witnesses that are slandering David He behaved himself toward them like they were his friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. As if his mother had been sick. When they were sick, he he thought of them, prayed for them, and was bowed down by the, the news of the event as if it had been news of his own mother being sick. Now that's pretty dramatic language, isn't it? This is David describing how this enmity built with his enemies. Verse 15 But in mine adversity, they rejoiced. These witnesses first laid charges against me that I didn't deserve. I love, did them good. I prayed for them that despitefully used me and slandered me. I bowed myself down, I mourned, and I fasted in sackcloth, and I prayed more than once for them. But how did they reward me for that kind of treatment toward them? In mine adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together, Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers and feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Now an army is mounting against him, and so he takes a different tack, and that different tack is what we read in the first ten verses. 
Because now it's getting to proportions where he is going to lose his life. His family will lose their lives. He will not be allowed, able to worship God. And so he prays against them. But when it started out and it was just a small personal thing, he delivered. How many times did he save Saul's life? There's a good example that we know about. You know, we know of two that there's whole chapters dedicated to relating the incidents of those events. But there, were, there has to have been many other times where he could have killed him as well. But he didn't. He could have won the whole nation away from Saul very, very easily by just accepting Israel's adoration for him. But he didn't. He was a faithful subject to Saul. And then he prays in verse 17, Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions, meaning his heart. Now that word darling is used in the Bible. He's not talking about his wife. It wouldn't have been singular. Because he had several. He's talking about his soul. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ describes his soul and his heart in Psalm 22 as deliver my darling from the power of the dog. When Jesus hung on the cross and the dog, the devil himself, was after him and the lions and the bulls of Bashan were round about him, he needed the deliverance of his soul, that dearest part of us that is on the inside. David prays for it to be delivered because they had hurt him all the way into his soul. I hope you can see the timing of the, of the psalm. This is how we read the Word of God. This is how we understand it. Verses 11 through 16 occurred first, then verses 1 through 10, and what comes from 17 to the end of the chapter comes after that. When it's just a small, minor, personal offense between us, between anyone, we should be able to forgive, overlook, pray for them, bless them, and do good for them. It may, seldom in our generation, seldom, but it may reach a place where our lives are threatened, our worship of God is threatened, and then our prayers would change. You know, in one place, Stephen would pray for those that were stoning him to death, Acts chapter 7, because they were causing no other harm to anyone but himself. And so he prayed for the Lord to forgive them for what they were doing. But then we find Paul in 2 Timothy 4 praying against Alexander the coppersmith that the Lord would reward him for the evil he had done toward Paul. Now why? Because that man was a danger to the whole kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was no longer just between Alexander and Paul like the stones from those Jews against Stephen. It involved the whole church of Jesus Christ. And so Paul turned his prayer against such a man. This is the word of the Lord. May it be said of us that verses 13 and 14, when they were sick, when we heard bad news about our personal enemies, whoever they are, when we hear bad news, we do not rejoice, we grieve. We pray for them in their times of trouble. When we meet them, we salute them and greet them and treat them very civilly. When we see them in need, we feed them and give them drink. May the Lord bless us to reach that lofty standard of righteousness that men have reached before and that Jesus Christ expects us to reach if we're the children of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.